0: Hey guys, some of you may have noticed that last time I uploaded this, the content didn't match the title. That's because I made a boo-boo. So I've taken that down and uploaded this because I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. Welcome to the God is Social audio experience, where we answer real questions about faith, church, and Christian culture with honest answers. Okay, so the next thing we're going to be talking about is from an article from Christianity Today. And it's called, The Top Reasons Young People Drop Out of Church. I thought, hmm, I think this should be interesting. So let's go through it.
1: In a 2017 LifeWay research survey released today, which was, I don't know when, Uh, 66% of Americans between 23 and 30 years old said that they stopped attending church on a regular basis for at least a year after turning 18, (gasps) compared to 70% in 2007. So it's actually better. It's actually better. Yeah. (laughs) Most young churchgoers skip out on Sundays at some point amid their transition to going to college, moving away from home or starting their first jobs. LifeWay has found that historically about two-thirds of dropouts return to services once they get older. Okay, so that sounds okay. Hmm. Two-thirds are coming back when they're old enough to do their thing.
0: But why are they dropping out in the first place? hmm? That's the question.
1: Okay, but these days young Christians are more likely to cite weightier political and spiritual concerns as pushing them away from the church. With 70% listing such beliefs as a reason for their departure in 2017 compared to about half 10 years before that. Mm.
0: Yeah, well, man, things that, especially in America, man, like political things, it, things are hectic over there. I mean, we don't need to really. Everyone knows that.
1: <laughs> so moving for college remains the top reason young people stop attending church in both surveys, which are based on responses from more than 2,000 young Americans who attended a Protestant church regularly which is twice a month or more, for at least a year during high school. So 34% of the kids that stopped attending church was because they moved to college and I guess they just, you know, you know what it's like when you move and then you've got to find somewhere and everything else is going on. It gets confusing and overwhelming. I can kind of understand that um, they're sort of out on their own. They get to make their own choices.
0: Well, I got saved right before I went to university. College is called university over here, by the way. Um, and so I was thrown into uni life right at the same time as finding, as discovering faith. So like, yeah, like I was like all over the shop kind of stuff.
1: Were you attending church?
0: Yeah, I started like cruising around looking for a church and stuff. And um, there are a few Christians in my in my class. Shout out to the Spores. Jessica and Joel Spore, and um, yeah, they just, it was just a God thing. I, I just went to this really small Pentecostal church. It was pretty much just their family, me and a couple of other people, but I loved it, so.
1: Okay, so not an excuse, but still we can we can understand where they're coming from. If they've moved into college and they stopped attending church, we can sort of, we can we can cop that one, right?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Like in like university for me, it was such like an exp- it's that time when you're just like opening up to new world ideas, and for me, you know, church was one of those things. So I was like, get me in on it. And plus, I was very aware of my own, you know, sin and my own like horribleness. So I'd like I'd turn up. Um, sometimes I'd get dragged along, but yeah.
1: So interestingly enough, the second highest reason for young people to stop going to church is that church members seemed judgmental or hypocritical, mm-hmm. and this is only 2% less than I moved out of college and stopped attending church. So this is right up there. This is for kids, this is, this is high up there. What do you think about that?
0: I don't know. I think that like half of that is like in the individual's head, you know, you're going into a church, people already feel like the building's going to fall down when they walk in anyway. So if someone looks at them wrong, oh, they judged me. I know I've even been like that probably. Um, but then the other half, it may, it may actually be true. Uh, is the church hypocritical? Yes. Is the church called to like, you know, call sin, sin? Yes. In a loving way, as we've just previously discussed um, in building relationship and everything. But... Um, It is what it is. People are not going there because of that. Maybe it is something we need to address.
1: Well, I would think that you would find that a lot of older people would say if you're coming to church and you're, you know, and you can't find peace in your church, then that's on you and you need to adjust your attitude. But we live in a time where...
0: I hate people like that and you hate people like that as well.
1: But we live in a time where we've got millennials who, you know...
0: I hate millennials.
1: Centre of the world. Um, they believe that, you know, the universe revolves around them and they are now the young people that are coming into our churches and, and they're going to be coming up against, okay, I feel like these people are judging me. I feel like they're hypocritical. Like I just saw them do the opposite of what they said they were going to do. And then they're coming in with... You know, and then they and then when they're saying I'm not feeling welcome here, we're saying, well maybe you need to check your heart. Maybe that's on you. Maybe you need to prepare yourself for church so that you can receive because even a donkey can give you a message.
0: It sounds like you're just like speaking out of your own personal bitterness right now, love.
1: <laughs> and I'm not bitter about it. I'm just saying, like what do you like how do you navigate this situation as a church leader? Do you go
0: well, from my experience, because we did get let's just come straight out with it, we did get stuff said like that to us. It's like, man, like I'm not in, I'm not engaging with this church, um, and not only that, it was like our kids aren't either. And it was like, oh well, you know, they just need to uh, get on board, or uh, you know, too bad. And while I kind of get that to a certain degree, um, because you know, you can't please everyone. Mm um i also do think the church needs to be doing everything that it can to be doing to reaching to to reach the people that happen to be coming to their church but is that talking about that here like we're just talking about it being judgmental and hypocritical
1: yeah so i'm saying like my point is is that a church issue or is that a heart issue is that something that people need to be changing as they're going into church, do we need to be addressing the fact that these people are feeling that way or do we just ignore that fact and go, well, if your heart was right, you'd be getting something out of it? Well. Do we accept hypocrisy and judgment as part of going to church?
0: Well, all Christians, all human beings are hypocritical. So, yes, you have to expect that.
1: Expect and accept?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, if people are coming into your church, sorry, man, like, it's filled with broken people. Not just broken people, but people who do really bad, horrible things sometimes. They just do. Like, we come across this all the time. Like, people in need are often, I was telling you this the other day, I'm about to go on a little rant here. People in need are often in need because they've made really poor decisions in their life. Not always, but often. And then when you just come along like and just give them a little bit of love and you think that everything's going to turn out okay, they're probably going to continue to make those bad decisions for a while. And a lot of those bad decisions are based around their relationships and how they treat people. And so you are going to find that in church. You are going to be going to church with a bunch of jerks
1: sometimes, to be honest. Okay, so the key is to recognising that you are one of the jerks and accepting that the other people there are jokes too.
0: Well, what I do is that, yeah, I'm obviously always trying, you're trying your best, but I, I tell like visitors, I'm like, yeah, look, man, like everyone, people who are going to the church, they're all going through their own stuff. Even like, um, you know, the pastor, he's, got, he's, not, he's not perfect. He probably just worked a really long week and he's tired. So when you asked him for a little bit of help, Maybe he was really tired and he didn't respond the way that you wanted him to respond. So I always try and just draw him back to God and say, I mean, as far as you're looking at people, you're always going to find fault. But what you need to be looking at is Jesus and God. Slam dunk. Come on.
1: Okay, so this is a fairly significant issue, though, because they surveyed 2,000 young Americans and 32% of those, that's nearly a third of them, have dropped out of church altogether because... The church members seemed judgmental or hypocritical.
0: Ooh, okay. Yes, of course we need to address this, but you can never fully address it. You need to address it as much as you can. Like I've never really, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> I can't give you anything else. Well, like give me the answer. What I don't do you, know the what answer. What do you think?
1: I, I have no idea. Because me. I have no idea, but I will add that the next highest thing at 29%, so almost you know a third again, didn't feel connected to the people in their church. So we've got, okay, young people are coming to our church and then young people are dropping out of church altogether because um, church members seem judgmental and hypocritical and they didn't feel connected.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, that's a massive one really. And you find like certain churches are really on top of that. I mean like... Um, the church that we're going to be going to up in Brisbane, Life Church, shout out Life Church, boy oh boy did they do a good job of making v- new visitors feel welcome. I mean it's yet to be seen what it's like after that initial holi- holiday period but um, yeah and a lot of churches try and work really hard at this because it is so easy to let it go by in regard, the church just gets their own little clique, they stop looking out for the new visitors.
1: Mm. So this is like one of our big passions is we really, it's really hard for us when we go into a new church because we do try to, we, we look around and we see certain things that make us really comfortable and certain things that make us really uncomfortable. And then we try and not say anything for a really long time about the things that make us feel uncomfortable. But when it comes to new people feeling or visitors feeling connected in, that's really a passion for both of us and it's really hard for us to not speak up and say something.
0: Almost to my fault sometimes. I'm always, if I see like heaps of people, I'm always just like looking around like, right, who's talking to that person, who's talking to this person and it prevents me from being kind of present in the moment with one individual. Um, So over time I've actually had to learn to just go, all right, like I can't fix it all, I have to let go of the control. And I'm just gonna at least just focus on helping this one individual on this Sunday and just bullet, and just hope that and just hope that other people are sorting the other people out. but that really comes top down to creating a culture of uh, you know creating culture in a church that is just looking out for those visitors.
1: Yeah. So if you're speaking right now to somebody who is at the top of a church culture, what was just give them one tip on how to make people feel connected.
0: Give them a tip, man? No tips. They know what they're doing. Actually, a lot of them probably.
1: It's like twenty nine percent of pe- young people are leaving American churches because they didn't feel connected to people in my church. So you're That's saying actually a
0: really good point.
1: You're saying okay, they know what they're doing, and I'm just like, do they? Are you sure? Because <laughs> one third of the young people that came to their congregation did not come back because they did not feel connected. And I know you have some great strategies around them. Just around this, just give them one. All right. Well.
0: For a bit of background, Narelle and I used to run an outreach ministry at one of our previous churches, and
1: you don't have to qualify yourself. Just tell them. I'm (laughs) just saying what
0: got us to in and around of trying to sort out these things. Yeah, I used to get the team in a group huddle prior to the service, and I used to remind them that tonight is not for them; it's for the visitors. It's for the people who are coming. We're there to serve the visitors, and I would say to every individual, if you see a visitor with no one talking to them, then you need to take it upon yourself to go and talk to that person. And you just drill it. The answer is is you just drill it down into the culture from the top. And that's like, that would be the only, like amongst other things. But of course you you create an open environment as well for those people to be able to get in a conversation to begin with, with this service that we used to do. We used to start it rather than... It's starting with, you know, a typical church service where there's like an entire hour or an hour and a half of you just looking at a stage. We used to start it with a huge feast. It was awesome. Um, and
1: Great for that, conversations. Yeah, that
0: was about <laughs> f- we used to start with the food and it was about an hour of just mingling. Yeah, And then like everyone would just kind of eventually, you know, meander on into the thing and things would start from there. But that created an environment to begin with that was open to conversation rather than this, um, you know, sitting down watching and now, okay, I've watched for about an hour. um.
1: That was a deliberate strategic move to get people's walls down and get them interacting with other people. But, yes, you're right, having the team there. And I think the other important thing is don't just walk away from a conversation with a new person. Introduce them to somebody else. If you're busy and you have to go, introduce them to somebody else. Help them feel connected. They want to feel it. We know that if they don't feel it, they leave. Mm,
0: love it. All right, next one.
1: I disagreed with the church's stance on political or social issues. Ooh.
0: 25%. Well, again, uh, I think they're probably talking about the church as a whole, around the um, whole kind of gay marriage, let's just call it for what it is. That's what it is at the moment. It's all When they talk about political political social issues, they're talking about the church's stance on gay marriage and look possibly
1: like, you know feminism too is playing a role i know that a lot of feminists don't agree with um women submitting to their husbands
0: yeah but that's less of like in the forefront mm. so what do they do about
1: that um so well what they do about that is they stand firm on their stance i don't think politics like should Trump build the wall, be preached from, I don't think that should be preached from from the thing. And apparently, sorry
0: to cut you off, but apparently nationalism is like putting nationalism, nationalism above like, you know, your Christian faith is actually becoming a bit of a thing in American churches in regards to, yeah, like this is who I am. I'm an American, you know, and wherever that puts you on the political spectrum. So, yeah, maybe that is... Playing more of a play, playing more of a thing in America doesn't so much in Australia. But sorry, keep continuing on.
1: Well, I think that that falls under that overarching umbrella of don't use your position to influence people to vote in a particular way. So I think um, churches are responsible for spiritual teaching and spiritual teaching only. I don't feel like they need to be teaching about politics. So. Maybe, Yeah, I don't think that that should be preached. But I do think that, you know, if your church, if your leaders of your church have decided that they're for or against full term abortion or if they're for and against gay marriage, I feel like that is their stance and they need to just stay true to that. All right. So the next one
0: is my work responsibilities prevented me from attending.
1: So that's today's society, isn't it?
0: It is. It prevents me even from going sometimes, not all the time. I swear it even presents our pastor from going to church sometimes. (laughs) Not really. Shout out Jacob, hardworking man, that fella.
1: He is, he is. But, yeah, like we all come across it. So it's 2019. We're expected to be in the workforce. We're expected to be working long, hard hours. And Sundays are expected from most employers.
0: You know what, like this has also got me thinking about like <laughs> how important is Sunday to the modern church anyway. And I like that our pastor, Pastor Jacob, he doesn't grill me at all when I can't come to church. He's just for like for work reasons. He's just like look man, I understand. You've got to you've got to put food on the on the on the table. And guess what? There's a, like you can come to our micro church we can meet up later on in the week. He just does a really good job of not idolizing the Sunday service. And I'm seeing a lot of this kind of talk going on online and in church communities at the moment about like, all right, like we've been talking about it for years about how church isn't all about Sunday, but I really feel like over the next five to ten years, the rubber's really going to hit the road in regards to churches really not making their church all about the Sunday. Like, who cares if if they can't come on Sunday? Set something else up.
1: Yeah, and I would say that, you know, my work responsibilities prevented me from attending. A lot of churches have Friday night services. A lot of churches have Saturday services, Sunday morning, Sunday night, um, connect groups during the week. You don't have to be attending a church to be part of a church. Please explain. Well, you don't have to be at the Sunday service at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning to be part of a church. Mm, That's true. You can be connected in with your church in so many different ways and you can be contributing to your church and you can be receiving from your church in a multitude of ways that aren't based around a Sunday service. And if you can't, start something.
0: I Like, it's a tough one because Sundays, that kind of public gathering can be so special. There's just something special about it. But at the same time, it can't be put on a pedestal. It just can't be. So, yeah, moving forward, it'll be interesting to see how things play themselves out.
1: Yeah, well, I think that definitely people will be looking at these stats. Um, This is directed at church leaders, so definitely people will be looking at these stats. And I'd love to see some of the things that are implemented as a result of these stats.
0: Share this episode with anyone you feel will get value from it. And if you think there's a topic worth discussing, send it through to us on our Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can watch these podcasts on the God is Social YouTube channel.